who's got a birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Birthday. It's our podcast birthday. Two years old. Same sucky host. Me. And now, entering the studio, your host on this birthday edition of PTCD, Vader. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, two years old. Um, you know, we started this, I don't know why I say we, the reason why I say we is because I've got all these different personality disorders. So I can actually be the announcer, um, you know, announcing myself. I can be the host of the show. I can even be the guest of the show. And all those things are one person, which is, you know, pretty remarkable when you think about it. Like I told you before, you know, us, all of us that are listening, you know, my listeners, my, my emailers, my bloggers, my friends, we all have special superpowers when it comes to our brain. We unlock things in our brain that uh, people only wish they could, you know, who else can be three people at once, huh? Uh, or and I can be more than three, you know, I, I caught myself yesterday sitting in the car, having a full conversation with myself about what I was going to talk about on uh, today's show. Um, yes. Being it's an anniversary show uh, two years ago, um, June 15th, um, is when we started and again when we i should say when i came up with the idea to um, have a mental health program where you know i could share some tips and some um strategies and different practices that i've used over my um over my career as a mental health sufferer uh, notice that if you're a new listener notice i didn't say as a mental health professional i have no uh professional skills other than um, I've lived through and am still living through, uh, you know, some some traumatic, uh, serious traumatic uh, hell, if you want to call it that. Um, but hey, so is probably ninety percent of uh, everyone that's listening today. Um, just a couple of uh, housekeeping notes. Okay, two years, right? Now we are now being listened to in thirty-one countries. All right. Um, if I had my little my little um, machine that does sounds, we'd be given a big roar and a clap and maybe I'll come back and edit and put something in there. We generally don't edit the show. Okay. Because it needs to come straight from the head. If you want to call it that straight from your mentalness. So we generally don't edit the show. It, it, it's, it's uh, something that uh, we've, we've done over the last two years is we just let it fly. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and we're on nine platforms. Um, you know, with Apple Podcast and Spotify being our two biggest uh, with the most um, um, listeners. Um, but, you know, that's that's awesome. You know, nine, nine platforms, 31 countries. Um, you know, we are as far as like dedicated listeners, we're in the thousands. Um, it's hard to, you know, the way that these things kind of come back in the numbers, they have like these unique listeners, like people that have listened for the first time in the last you know, week. And, you know, that number is 106 or something like that. And then you have, you know, these, you know, kind of 
all the times that have all these episodes have been played and there are tens of thousands. So um, you just kind of have to kind of figure the the, uh, the math out. But uh, over the last couple of years, we've been able to touch, you know, the homes of, you know, several thousand people on, you know, 31 different uh, uh, countries. And, and we're very proud of that. Um, on uh, today's episode, we're going to kind of take it back. Right. So, you know, again, on anniversary episode is is really kind of a more graphic uh it's a difficult episode because i'm gonna kind of go through my initial um you know accident and kind of how those things went down and 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 what happened um you know on that dreadful day which was the same day that we started this podcast um I shouldn't say the same date, the same day, June 15th, but uh, my accident occurred in 1994, which I know sounds like a very, very long time. And lots of people would be like, dude, uh, do you think you could probably be, you know, strong enough to be over it and, you know, let it go? And the answer is no. Um, I have not been able to, uh, to, to do that as of yet. So, um, you know, what, what, what we all share, the, you know, the, the people that suffer from, you know, different mental illnesses is that we have, you know, our own, uh, our own story and our own, um, you know, experiences. And, and unfortunately, many of them are, are tragic and, 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 and mine is definitely that. Um, and, and then the way we handle it could be equally as tragic. And up until, you know, a few years ago, mine was is was tragic was equally as tragic maybe even more tragic than than the uh, initial accident itself so uh, i'm going to take you back june 15th 1994. Uh, so let's just call this story time um if you are a new listener and you are a younger uh, listener and by some chance you just happen to pop into this uh, scenario i want you to know that the it, it's kind of a graphic story that i'm going to tell and it's probably not you know, too fitting for young individuals, but, um, you know, uh, earmuffs, earmuffs, people, earmuffs. Um, so, um, I can even, I'll go back to even June 14th, 1994. So, um, that evening I received a telephone call from my ex, uh, girlfriend. Um, I won't say her name. Um, I'm sure she's not listening and she, doesn't even know that I exist. Um, but, uh, you know, this was back, I was 20 years old. I was, you know, pretty put together and I was dating this, um, I mean, for all practice, I mean, she was a model, you know, she was a Tecate girl, you know, one of those beer girls or whatever. Um, she traveled all over, um, hell she traveled all over mostly Mexico, but, you know, she was also in, in different places all over the United States, you know, kind of, um, you know, modeling and selling beer and doing whatever they do. Well, the previous night she had broken up with, uh, her, her boyfriend, right. And she was going out with this big muscle head dude. Um, he was a big steroid monster. And, uh, for whatever reason, this dude and I had tangled probably six months prior. Um, me and this gal had been broken up for probably maybe close to a year. Um, and, um, me and this guy, we got, we got tangled up one, one, one night. Um, and that's a totally different story, but a couple of his, but I'll just go quickly. A couple of his buddies were roughing up a gal outside of a bar and, um, 
me and a couple of my buddies let them let them have it pretty good. Um, I don't remember exactly what went down as far as you know who I ended up hitting or whatever, but I used a board. We'll just say that. So, so this guy was for lack of better terms, he was a little bit scared of me. Well, she was a lot a bit scared of this dude. He'd been, you know, stalking and doing all that stuff. So that night, June 14th, she asked me to come over and hang out. And um, and, and the significance of this is is about choices, right, that, that you make. So I actually was like, you know what? I am going to go over. Chick's hot. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen her. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky, whatever you want to call it. But I um, I went ahead and 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 went over there um, to see her, and this was a work night. And I work um, at the time I was an um, I was a um, I was working for a commercial uh, building company, and um, I'm sorry I was I have to be careful of what I say and whose names I say just because I don't want I don't need anybody to you know sue me or anything like that. Um, but anyways, I, it's a very early morning for me, like a uh, six 30 ish AM have to be on the job site. And her location was not extremely close to, to where I was working, which was in the medical center of San Antonio, but it wasn't too bad. So, um, I hung out over there. Uh, we drank some, we drank some beer. We had a few laughs. We stayed up and talked about all kinds of stuff and, and, um, you know, and, and it was, it was great. And you know what? I didn't even score which makes this story so much more sad. She was tired because the night before with her uh, boyfriend or whatever. So she was like, you know, can you just stay here and make sure I go to sleep and hold me and just make sure I'm safe. Freaking dumb as shit. I did that. Right. So, um, so the next day I'm, um, you know, my alarm clock goes off 5.30. It's kind of a little misty outside. I'm thinking, please rain, please rain, please rain, because I do not want to go to work. Um, I'm tired. You know, we've been up the night before boozing, talking, you know, um, not scoring, but, you know, just kind of hanging out. And uh, obviously no um, no ex-boyfriend showed up that I, so I didn't get, a, I didn't even get a good, I didn't even get a good, I didn't even get to kick a little ass. Uh, which I was kind of looking forward to um, as well. Uh, so I basically am thinking about calling in sick that day um, simply because I had never called in sick. Um, and I really kind of wanted to see if maybe if I hung around, you know, something might happen or, or at least, you know, have a little fun, little day fun or something. And, you know, I'm 20 years old and, you know, all of those things. And so, um, but I remember thinking how guilty I am because my foreman is a good friend of my parents, is a good friend of our family. And I also know how busy we are on the job site. Uh, currently on that job site, we were building four floors on top of the Health Science Center, uh, the hospital in um, in the medical center, San Antonio. So, so you know what? I reluctantly, you know, got up, put on my baby blue freaking Wranglers, my Red Wing boots. I'm not even sure if they make those anymore. Um, and uh, this white T-shirt that was uh, that uh, I got when I was on South Padre spring breaking, and um, 
you know, uh, grabbed my hard hat and jumped in my, uh, in my truck. Um, at the time I had a, uh, um, a, a little Bronco two, um, is what I was driving. It was kind of, um, in between trucks and my brother and I were, um, were sharing the Bronco two. And I, I just, uh, well, I was just trying to purchase this, uh, this other vehicle, but we were at the time sharing this, uh, this blue Bronco that I bought when I was, a uh, a younger, a younger lad. Um, so I'm cruising in the Bronco too, you know, it's still kind of misty and I'm just praying that it's not just this morning little dew and morning little mist and that some real rain will come. And it looks like it's going to, I mean, you could smell it in the air and it, you know, and like I said, we're in June here, you know, and, uh, you know, it should be the rainy season. Um, but lo and behold, it does not rain. So, um, I get to work at, uh, 6 30 and my job, uh, title is hoist operator and a, and a hoist is a elevator that runs, um, parallel to, um, to buildings on construction sites. You've seen them a hundred times. You probably didn't even notice them and they're used for transporting supplies and people. Um, to different areas of the of the job site, so um, it's you know it 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 uh, is it kind of freestanding. It stands, um, you know, like I said, um, I guess it's I guess that's parallel. Oh, no, that's not parallel. I guess that's horizontal. Yeah, I guess horizontal uh, to the building or vertical to the building. I don't even know what you know what I'm talking about. It's attached to the side of the building. There's about a two foot gap in between the building wall and the hoist um, uh, doors. It's a uh, made of, uh, you know, just a solid steel, um, just like any other elevator. The doors are like a mesh um, grade steel that you look like it looks like a grill, actually, like a like a barbecue grill, like that mesh um, and um, and um, I mean, just a big monstrosity of a um, of a uh, of a of almost like a I don't want to say a crane like um, um, you know shaft or whatever that it runs along, but it's very similar to that. So um, so my job was to transport uh, individuals to and from the bottom platform to the top uh, of the of the. Uh, health science center and then also two floors that we built on top that we're you know currently constructing on top of it um at this particular day there's a a, a man and and his crew that that enter the enter our um you know our if you want to call it uh, our hoist and these guys are working on the seventh floor which our company is is working and doing some reconstruction on the inside, but that is not our responsibility. So these guys want me to drop them off at the seventh floor through a window, um, which they have opened up. And um, I told them that's not ever going to happen, and uh, they're out of their freaking mind. And this, um, and that they need to take the inside elevator. That this elevator is for outside use only. And um, and, and I do give them a ride all the way to the top where they get off and then they have to go in, enter the building and ride an elevator down seven floors um, to the to where they are going to be located or where they're working on the inside um, seventh floor. Um, these are men that I know. They are um, people that work for the same company that I work for. 
Um, they are guys that um, that know the operation and routine, and they were just trying to find a shortcut way. Um, so after several times of uh, being reprimanded, not only by me, but also by the foreman and our boss, um, they stopped riding uh, the hoist elevator and they would just walk on to the inside. Now, I completely understand why they wanted to ride the hoist elevator because it probably saved them, you know, a 30 minute walk um, from where our construction site was. They had to walk all the way around the perimeter of the hospital and then, you know, enter the hospital and through their maintenance elevator and then ride that up seventh floor and then walk to the other side where they were where they would work. Um, so, you know, definitely would save them probably 30 minutes or so of a walk um, and also carrying equipment and things like that. But uh, that was a an OSHA no, no. It was a uh, operational no, no. But um, but still they they. Uh, for the better part of the morning, they, they tried. Um, around uh, 1130 uh, that morning, I received a call from a coworker who was sitting on the bottom platform. And I am on the top uh, platform um, helping uh, with uh, actually building some um, concrete columns. And so while the hoist is not being in operation, I have a walkie-talkie and they call me to come pick them up and stuff while the host is not while the hoist is not being operated I just don't sit in there which I could do because that's my job but it, that was just boring and and I needed to uh, to keep you know keep myself moving around and so um, I immediately leave the concrete um, uh, pillars that we're working on uh, forming up and I go to um, I, you know I, I drive down or I, I begin the uh, descent of the hoist um, down to the, uh, the the bottom platform, um, and this is where you know these are the life changing events, and this is how you know timing is is perfect and and not perfect, and and that why things are the way that they are um, in my life. So um, as we are as I am lowering the hoist down into uh, to the bottom platform on the seventh floor where those uh, other men are working on the inside, um, one of the individuals had decided that it was a good idea for him to stick his head out the window and to yell down to the other um, members of his crew. Um, we're not sure specific of what he was trying to accomplish or what he was getting, but um, at that exact moment when he decides to stick his head uh, out the window, the elevator, which is running, like I said, alongside the building, uh, strikes him um, on the back of the head. Um, and this is where it gets a little bit, um, a little bit tough, right? Um, and it decapitates him. Um, so it uh, removes um, the, um, removes his head right around the jawline, if you would. Um, and it immediately um, snaps on the safety um, brakes and the safety control, which you know basically shuts the power off of the hoist. And so um, I am now trapped seven floor, seven stories above the earth with a man who has just had his head. Uh, removed and um, he is going through 
or I am uh, going through a, a state of, uh, of, of shock, panic. Um, you can't even, well, you probably can, many of you can't imagine what, what the, the site looks like. Um, his eyes, his eyeballs are in the bottom of the hoist. His, all of the blood in his body, the way he is wedged against the elevator and the, um, and how his, how his body is turned, all the blood in his body basically is pouring out of the top of his skull, um, brain matter, uh, skull bones, um, his, his, his body itself is just mangled up against the wall and, and the, um, and the elevator and, um, and I'm trapped and, um, I'm trying to do everything I can to open up the outside doors on the other side of the hoist. Um, so that frankly I can jump, uh, because I am in a real, real state of confusion, panic, um, you know, nervousness is, is, is an understatement. Um, and, um, and I'm doing everything I can to try to figure out how to, um, escape the situation. And the first escape that I can think of is to jump. Um, well, and I can tell you, and I know that some of you know this when you, when you, see something like this and you experience something like this, um, it is a, a, a scenario that changes everything. You know, there's definitely life changing events that, you know, happen in everybody's lives, but there's, there's things that are really, really life changing events. And this is definitely one of them. You know, I, I, I can say that through therapy and stuff, I died that day. Um, you know, the, the old me, you know, the, uh, the me that I once knew and remembered, um, you know, died that day. And, um, <clears throat> and you'll never forget the, the, you know, the, a, a, a tremendous amount of blood and, you know, somebody whose body is opened up, um, and is, you know, basically decomposing in front of your eyes. Um, you'll never forget that experience, the, the smell, the sounds, the, the uh, gurgling, the you know the 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 people in, that are on the seventh floor that are you know screaming and yelling, the uh, the the fire fire department sirens that are now you know ringing in your ears. I mean, we're talking probably ten uh, different um, uh, fire trucks and ambulances and police cars are are everywhere. Um, and and the big thing now is that they know that. Uh, a couple of things are going on. Uh, one is that, you know, this man is dead and he is stuck between the building and the elevator and which makes it impossible for me to, uh, to escape. And it makes it impossible for them to regain power into this hoist. So what, um, what they are trying to figure out is an escape plan. Like, uh, how do I get out of here? Right. And, and it takes a, a long time for, for anyone to, to figure it out. And quite frankly, it's me that figures it out by saying, Hey, I can get out 
through the top hatch, just like on an elevator that you go, there's always a safety hatch or a top hatch. Well, this would require me to get up on top of the elevator again, seven stories above the earth and have a crane come and pick me up in a basket and, uh, and take me, uh, down. And that's what happened. Uh, it took about two hours to figure out the logistics of it. And then, uh, one of the supervisors knew that there was no way I could, or knew that if I got onto that basket and that crane basket and got free from this thing, I still might jump. Um, so they, they basically brought a harness and, um, and that crane basically came to the top of that, uh, or as close as they could to the top of that uh, elevator, which they then had me, um, you know, remove the ladder and, and, and come up to the top and, uh, and be removed from the, uh, the elevator. Um, they securely harnessed me into the, into that basket to ensure that I didn't, that I didn't jump. And, um, I, I just remember that, um, you know, being very thankful for the supervisor to, you know, to kind of risk his neck to come and get me. Um, if you would, not that that was a dangerous, we rode in those baskets, you know, quite often. Um, it's not a terribly dangerous thing, but, you know, things can definitely happen, uh, especially when you're coming up to pick up someone that's gone through an experience like that, who wouldn't, you know, I could have, you know, went crazy. Um, and then, um, you know, secondly, I remember that ride down being what seemed like hours, you know, cause I just got in there and I closed my eyes and, and really, you know, the, most of the time I was in there, I was on my knees praying. Um, and, um, and I wasn't praying, you know, for life, let's just say that. So, um, I get to the um get to the bottom by this time my mom and dad have been called and they're on their way um you know later i find out that they didn't they told my mom that there was just an accident at work they didn't really give her any details so she was a pretty she's a pretty hot mess um once they got me to the ground um i was received by paramedics firemen um you know like a a, a hospital gurney the hospital members were there fully you know draped and stuff. And they began to start to, you know, cause I'm covered in blood. Um, and I'm trying to explain to them that it's not mine. Like I'm not hurt. I'm not harmed. Um, they're cutting my clothes off. Um, and I'm trying to figure out why they would ruin my spring break shirt. Um, uh, but they did. Um, and, um, and I'm just trying to figure out like, why are you guys, you know, on me? Right. And, um, and they didn't really know what they were doing in that sense either. Right. And, um, and, and so I'm just sitting in a state of shock. And uh, at that point, they, they send me to this psychiatric person, um, that's on call and, um, and they sit and they drill me with, you know, questions, you know, and I'm like, look, this just happened, you know, a couple of hours ago, I've been stuck in this elevator with this guy. I mean, I just need it to think a little bit. Um, but at 20 years old, I didn't really know how to voice that because I was still somewhat in shock. I'm still, you know, kind of going through the whole situation of what's going on. And, um, and I, um, really at that point began to handle things, um, the wrong way. And, um, 
And so, um, I, I want to share the. I wanted to share the story. I know we're getting a little bit long on time, so I'm going to have to break this up into segments because everyone here, including me, has ADHD, like we've talked about before. And if we ever go over even ten minutes, most people lose. Um, uh, you know, they they definitely lose uh, interest. So we're going to stop here, and then I'm going to pick up. Um, on the next episode with how I handled it so terribly wrong from the start. Okay. And um, thank you guys for uh, listening. Um, And um, I hope that once we get through this series here, it'll, it'll be helpful.